I gotta say, when the Lent planning team organized this season around the theme of Lent as a journey into darkness, um, a global pandemic was not exactly what we had in mind. But now that we are here, I am grateful that last week the preacher reminded us that God is present even in our shadows. So a journey into the unknown is also a journey towards God. My message this morning is pretty simple. Remember who you are. In crisis, when we're in pain or facing a threat, our vision narrows. We get myopia, tunnel vision. Survival, disarming the threat, alleviating the pain, that's the only thing that we can see, the only thing that matters. That's natural. That's actually a very healthy and productive response most of the time. If our body doesn't call attention to an injury at the expense of other sensations, the injury doesn't get the treatment it needs to heal. If we don't focus on the crisis enough, it spreads. So it's a good thing that our global self-preservation instinct has grabbed our attention, um, if too late for the good of so many. The danger moving forward for a lot of us is getting stuck in that hyper-focused survival mode. I don't have to tell you about the high level of anxiety and suspicion in the air. In survival mode, everything is viewed through the lens of threat assessment which again is good for dealing with the crisis at hand, but it also creates the perception that survival is the only thing that matters. For some of us today, the worry is about the health of ourselves and our loved ones. For others of us, we're worried also about our responsibilities at work or the survival of the economy, um, the continuance of a certain way of living, our plans for the summer, all of that is the same game at different levels. Whatever your focus point, the perception is that preservation is, that is what counts to the exclusion of all else. Into that cycle, particularly as this survival mode thinking extends into weeks and perhaps months, we need to remember who we are. And who are we exactly? Well, Debbie says we're dots, but um, well, I'll have a different answer perhaps. <laughs> we are people who believe that there is more to this life. Anyone else remember that song from contemporary Christian music back in the early 90s? There's more to this life than living and dying, more than just trying to make it through the day. More to this life, more than these eyes alone can see, that there's more than this life alone can be. Stephen Curtis Chapman. While you were all rocking out to Brian Adams, I was hooked on <laughs> SCC. There's a reason why I didn't actually play the song today. <laughs> For whatever reason, that song has been floating through my head this week. More to this life than living and dying, more than just trying to make it through the day. We are people who claim that truth. People of hope. Easter people, you might say. People who recognize that life is not the only thing. People who try to see with more than our physical eyes. People who measure the goodness of existence as more than this life alone can be. There is more to this life. Now this morning I'm not going to attempt to define what that more might be. Of course I have my ideas about what that is. I suspect you do as well. Whatever gives you meaning, purpose, and belonging, whether that is a belief system, or a relationship, or lifestyle, or worldview, that is the something more. 
The specifics of what that is and what I think it should be is another conversation for another time. My reminder this morning is that we are people who believe that there is more to this life, more than life and death, more than our families, more than the economy, more than whatever it is that you're afraid of losing. In the uncertainty of COVID-19, remembering that remembering of the something more is vitally important. The crisis is operating up here on one level that just occupies our brain space and our conversation space and our relational space. Um, I didn't need to eavesdrop on your conversations to guess that that was what everybody was talking about in the lobby this morning. Because of our crisis tunnel vision response, it's easy to forget that that's not the only thing. The something more is what is happening underneath. It's the level underneath the crisis. Staying connected to that deeper level is the key to not getting lost. That's the level that Jesus was drawing on when he offered a stranger a drink of living water that would quench her existential thirst. This woman that we heard about had a lot going on up here, this level. She was a social outcast alone at the well instead of having gone to draw water with the typical group of women. She was probably rejected as a harlot or at the very least seen as cursed for having gone through so many husbands. And she was desperate enough to be with a man now who was not her husband in spite of very strong cultural taboos against that kind of thing. Apparently Jesus somehow knows all of this about her. But he never talks to her at this level. He doesn't criticize her impurity or question her parade of husbands. He doesn't offer any advice on how to clean up her reputation, how to get back in with the town ladies. He doesn't tell her to get her stuff together. <laughs> he doesn't correct her theology. He doesn't tell her to go to the right church. He doesn't even tell her to repent and sin no more. Instead, Jesus mostly ignores what's happening at that level and calls her attention to what's going on down a level. He tells her about living water that can quench her thirst on this whole other level. He tells her that what matters is her spirit, her truth, that which flows out of her heart. The other stuff, that matters, but it's not the real thing because there is this more to this life than living and dying, more than just trying to make it through the day. Ground yourself on that level and what's up here will take care of itself. Remember who you are. What does that look like in the midst of a pandemic? Three reminders. Number one, it looks like seeing and seeking out the more. Even in our isolation, most of us are still hyper-connected. What will we choose to stay connected to? Seeking the more means being intentional about turning off the TV, putting down the phone, and paying attention to something else for a while. I'm not talking about distractions, though we will need those sometimes for sure. I'm talking about seeking out that which gives you life in simple, intentional ways. Yesterday, my family went for a walk at Beaver Creek. It was good to breathe the fresh air, to see the evidence of the changing seasons, to feed some chickadees. I checked with them, and they're not at all worried about COVID-19. Um, they will have to adjust their diet a little bit if there aren't humans coming to feed them directly all the time but they're not overly concerned. There is more to this life than what is going on with humanity, apparently. A healthy reminder. As the writer of the letter to the Philippians puts it, whatever is true, 
whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Whatever gave you life last week will still give you life this week. You might not have access to the exact thing, but there is something there that you can access, even if it's only the memories of the thing. It might not feel the same as it usually does, but the purpose here is to draw your attention to this deeper level than your attention to the crisis. There's more to this life than living and dying, and we can choose to see that. Number two, we can make the more. The most obvious evidence that there's more to this life than living and dying is the person sitting next to you, the neighbor across the street, the person serving you at the grocery checkout. More than me just trying to live through the day, there's also all these others living and dying along with me. You can make your life matter simply by making your life matter to someone else. I catch a glimpse of that with Jesus' approach to the woman at the well. He doesn't just offer her what he has to give. He begins by asking what she can do for him. Draw some water for me, would you? Give me a drink. Which, for a person who feels like people are always judging her, keeping their distance, telling her what she can't do, well, here is someone who thinks she does have something to give. You have something to offer in this time of crisis. Something more than just your secret stash of toilet paper. Although if you have that, let me know. <laughs> you can call someone who maybe feels alone. Most of us have access to a bunch of phone numbers through the church directory. Pick someone that you don't see here this morning. Give them a call. Hey, we were at church. You're usually there. We missed you. I hope you're doing all right. Voila, more than living and dying. As a church, we are fairly well organized to make sure that the people in our congregation are being looked after. But what about those beyond our congregation? I read an article on CBC Saskatoon last night about how Saskatoon's Iranian community has organized support for Iranian newcomers who are self-quarantined. Um, they're bringing them groceries and supplies. I'm sure that's not the only case of this happening locally. If you know people who are vulnerable, ask what help they need. Maybe you can organize something with your neighborhood. I've heard that the Friendship Inn is looking for specific donations since they're not able to open their doors to large groups of people as they usually do. I'm sure there are lots of other organizations that care for vulnerable people um, that are made even more vulnerable by this crisis. So find out what is needed. Be part of the caring team. Maybe there are things that we can do as a church to be a support to our community. We certainly have access to resources that we could share. I don't know what that looks like in this changing situation, but if you have an idea, if you would like to be part of organizing something, send me a text, email, phone call. We can do this. Um, by getting involved, we can create the more to this life. As writer Anne Lamott puts it, by showing up with hope to help others, I'm guaranteed that hope is present. Then my own hope increases. By creating hope for others, I end up awash in the stuff. I'd also say that that goes for compassion, for joy, for faith. Sometimes the something more is self-generated, and that is good. Finally, number three, we can choose, believe, and trust the more. The last two Sundays, I've talked about shadow work, um, the idea from Carl Jung via Richard Rohr. Um, the idea is that there's a part of our, a dark part of our personality that we try to cover up with a persona 
a mask that hides the part of ourselves that we have learned to be ashamed of. The idea of shadow work that I've been talking about is about learning not to hide our shadows, but to acknowledge and embrace them. In stepping into the darkness, we paradoxically find that we are actually moving towards the light. As people of faith, a lot of us have been taught that fear and doubt are the opposite of faith, that we are to be confident, secure, certain of what we believe. And so we hide our doubt with proof, with bold statements and creeds, with shiny, happy proclamations of trust in God's promises. Standing, standing, standing on the promises of God, my Savior. Or, if you rather, maybe it's leaning, leaning, leaning on the everlasting arms. Up or down, we've got you covered. Not that there's anything wrong with encouragement and comfort. Those are good things. But when that comes as denial of fears and doubts, it's problematic. It would be tempting to reassure you today that God will protect us and our loved ones from COVID-19. It would be nice to be able to say that those who die will someday be reunited with us on the other side of the grave. And there are lots of places saying things like that today. The reality of, of the situation is that I simply don't know what's going to happen with the virus. I am not certain of what, if anything, exists beyond the grave. I have my doubts about what I've been told. I am very much afraid that everything will not turn out as I would like it to. And yet, as I'm learning to live out of my shadow, once again, in naming and accepting that reality, I'm finding that the shadow does not have the last word. Even as I name my fears out loud, I can hear that those are also hollow. I'm not any more certain of a negative outcome than I am of a positive outcome. We humans are simply bad at predicting the future. We are afraid of things that end up not being harmful at all. We are skeptical of things that turn out to be very true. In reality, my doubts and my hopes are made of the same stuff, sincere but limited. When I can see them both in their limitations again, that's operating at this deeper level. That I'm able to see that, that I can see both my hopes and my fears at the same time, that speaks to a deeper something more beyond both of them. That I can express my doubt and my desire to trust says that I'm not bound by either of them. Moving away from the mask into the shadow, that moves me towards the light of my true self, the spirit of God. By embracing the shadow, I can see more of the light. In this case, naming my fears about the pandemic and all its fallout, acknowledging my uncertainty, that allows me to see the reality that I simply have no idea what's gonna happen. And from that position of enlightened ignorance, I can choose. I can choose to be guided by fear and doubt, or I can choose to be guided by hope and trust. Our fears need not overwhelm us because we could be wrong. Our doubts are manageable because those are also a very limited perspective on a whole reality that is beyond my view. So we can choose hope. We can choose trust. We can choose to believe that there is more to this life. The choosing is part of the something more. That's not blind faith. That is eyes wide open faith. So that's what I'm leaning on this morning. The reminder that there is something more, something that I can choose to see, something I can choose to make, 
something that I can choose to put my trust in. I'm going to stop talking now and play one more song from John Bell and the Iona community. Let's listen together. Traveling. 